to another episode. Oh, we're starting like that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Pod Squad Pod. Incredible time to be a Padres fan. Shanks, what's your favorite part of this offseason so far? I mean, is it getting not one but two, like, bona fide aces? Like, I think that's got to be it. I think it's just, like, AJ Preller looking at our rotation and be like, that's not it. Let me work some magic. And then, bam, all of a sudden we have, like, the best rotation in baseball. That's by far the best game. Oh, actually, I think that's <laughs> the best part is that we still have Will Myers. Woo! Will is good, guys. Will is good. Will the thrill. Yeah, the Will thing is, is a win. I will give you that. I, I was uh, low-key expecting him to be in that Cubs trade. Happy to not see it. But, uh, Greg, what, what, what are your biggest thoughts on the, uh, on the offseason thus far, besides obviously signing the two aces? Yeah, um, you know, I'm actually very, very happy about uh, Ha-Sung Kim. I think that is a huge signing, and I'm just excited to get, you know, a gigantic um, fan base from uh, from Korea over uh, on the Padres bandwagon. Uh, that's wonderful. Also, I think the other thing that has been, you know, maybe maybe a little over a little overlooked is Preller is going very far to not have Paddock start game one of uh, <laughs> or game five. I think, yeah, I think Preller <laughs> saw that really going all the way to not have that happen again. Totally agree. Totally agree. And everyone, all everyone listening, I know you're excited. The quartet is all here. Joe Avila's with us too. Joe, what are your favorite things of this offseason thus far? Woo! Let's go, Padres. Oh man. First of all, I was really down in the dumps. Uh, Mike Clevenger having Tommy John, Denelson Lamette, his health is, is a, was a big question this offseason. And Preller said, you know what, Padre fans, let me take that anxiety away. Let me go get you and Snell. And I, I feel amazing now. Paddock is all the way down to five in the rotation, most likely. And I can't wait for this season to kick off. The Paddock hate continues. Like, I just can't, I just can't get over it. Like... I love Paddock at the five. I just didn't like him as the ace. Honestly, I'm sure we could get his brother on here to defend him. Aren't you? you and Greg were ready to trade him for like a, like a, a single-A catcher last year at the end of the year. Well, look what all the single-A catchers got us, RJ. Exactly. Are you ready to apologize, Shanks? Clearly, Preller saw the market in single-A catchers, uh, and you did not. I will say my, my biggest, like, reservation about Preller, like, this entire time, and it's just it's just in general with, like, GMs, you know, they, they make the promise of, like, don't worry, we'll be good in five years. We're going to trade away, like, all of our salary now, stock up on prospects. But, like, I feel like what the biggest problem is, like, when a team is close and they, like – turn you know the two or three good prospects into like actual viable starters they're too afraid to pull the trigger and trade what's in the farm for like bona fide like actual like talent and they're just they you know they just hang on to it and like you know always knowing that hey if this doesn't work out i can just hit the blow up button and then i'll just keep promising like don't worry guys the future's coming the future's coming and it's just really great to see like a front office and a gm be like Nope, I've got what I need from my from my farm system. Let me trade, get what I get what I'm fill in the missing voids, and then won't worry about like restocking the farm because guess what? I've proven that I have an eye for talent and I can just replenish the farm so that our future is also not completely wrecked. Yeah, Preller is a god. I mean, there's just no other way around it. I mean, as I told you guys in the group chat, someone asked someone working with Preller, like, what are you gonna do? You're losing all these process prospects. And they're like, Well, you know, we'll just go find more. <laughs> and that's just the right attitude. I mean, there's always an endless amount of prospects that 
may or may not be good, but Preller is going to trade him for good players anyway. So you love to see it. Also, something that needs to be said too, guys, is we keep talking about gutting the farm, gutting the farm. With getting three, like, eight starter, top-of-the-line starters, we only gave up two of our top ten prospects in – in our, you know, in our farm system, that being Patino and Taylor Trammell, I mean, the, we were thinking that Cronenworth was going to be gone in the U Darvish trade. We were terrified about what was going to happen. And the best prospect that we gave up, I think, was Owen Casey. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you, Greg. Uh, it's, it was funny reading The Athletic because these poor Cubs fans, I was reading it when like the Darvish rumors were swirling before he officially was, uh, you know, the trade was officially done. They're like, Oh, it's going to be, are we going to get Gore? Are we going to get Abrams? I don't know. Are we going to get both? I don't know. And it's like, Oh, sorry guys. You got nothing. I forget, I forget who it was, but someone who tweeted out like all these, like laughing at all these Cubs fans being like, you guys think we're going to get Gore. You're going to get Gore for you Darvish when the Cubs are like desperately trying to like, uh, shed salary. Like you're going to get, um, Oh crap! Escape me. Uh, CJ just some like shit player. He's like, you're, oh, you're gonna get Craig Stammen and you're gonna like it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, hey, Stammen was our best starter in the playoffs. Let's not talk down on Stammen. It is impossible to say that that is incorrect. That is one hundred percent true. Arguably, then- the best start in twenty years is a Padre. <laughs> Guys, guys, how about a big thank you to Zach Davies? Yeah. I mean, what a season he put together. He he was the main uh, MLB piece in that trade, and and tip of the cap to him for uh, eating up some innings for us and uh, being a big piece of this U deal. Yeah, I yeah, I 100% agree. And he, Zach Davies was fantastic for us last year. He really pitched above his head. I feel like, and I think Preller could not wait to give him away. Uh, just he was probably watching those 88 miles an hour fastballs and being like, "Oh my God, what do I do with this going forward?" And he turned him into an ace. And one more thing too about the Davies thing that is so interesting is if you take out the Davies contract and add in the Snell contract, it's basically the same amount of money yeah. for this coming season. So it's it's just unbelievable work. Yeah, we also can't forget that he was the first person to defend Toddy after hitting the grand slam yes. on 3-0. Uh, you know, maybe his best part of being a Padre, if we're going to be honest here. Uh, his little comment about better throw, uh, should throw a better pitch was uh, pretty spot on, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. He won my heart with that comment. Jace lost it, but Jace, he won it back. But yeah, good job by uh, by Zach there. <laughs> that that right there is a Cubs fan uh, still reading over the trade deals. Oh, I actually thought that was a Dodgers fan. You beat me to it, Greg. You beat me to it. I'm like, no, nah, it sounded like a Dodgers fan to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I have to say, it's like with Preller, you never know when when something's going to be super fun. I think it was, what, like a week ago, I texted the uh, group thread with you guys saying uh, I could really use us trading for or signing a starter. And then what does Preller do? He gets two of the best ones available. Um, <laughs> pretty spectacular stuff. It's really a great time to be a Pods fan. And I think this is the first time ever that we have the best, or at least ranked by at the MLB, uh, the best rotation in baseball. I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. It is surreal. Like it really makes no sense for all the torturous years we've gone through as Padres fans to like not only see, like you said, not even the one deal for an elite starter, but getting two right off the bat. And it's just so funny when you you see they're like, oh, they got Snell. They must be out for on Kim and on uh, 
on Darvish. And then it's like, oh, they got Kim. There's no way they're getting Darvish, too. And it's like, oh, they got all three. No, and then who knows? We might even get somebody else. You never know. Preller is a, he's a madman, and he's a madman in a great way. So I think this is a good good opportunity for this. Who do you guys think is the opening day starter? I think we have three really great options, and let's just you know be in the belief that Lamette is um, fully healthy by that time. I I think he goes Snell opening day just because like Lamette, you know, coming off injury, don't want to put like too much pressure on him. Let him, you know, ease him back into the rotation. Long season, you know, don't want to overuse him in the beginning. Snell, you know, obviously the Rays like manages innings pretty well, so he should be rested. Give him the ball. Like we went out and got him as an ace. Let give him the ball day one. Let him go. So in a world where Lamette is like 100% healthy, he's my he's my choice yeah. for sure. But um. I'm, I agree completely with what RJ's saying. I want him slotted in third. Uh, I'm actually going to go Darvish first, though. I like having the right, left, right uh, to start the year. So give me Darvish, then Snell, then Lamette. Uh, again, if Lamette's somehow magically 100% perfect, then Lamette and Darvish would swap for me. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I, like, I, like, I like Snell. I like Snell uh, simply because – he got pulled in that game against LA and I think he's dying to get back on the mound. So might as well start uh, with him and have him set the tone for the season. I think he'll dominate opening day. You know, a quick thought for me. I actually, I disagree. I think we need to sign Yulvi Chassin and start him. Uh, on one. <laughs> Bring back Jared Weaver. <laughs> hey, hey, what's the odds of uh, Chris Paddock's brother tweeting out that Chris has a good chance of being the opening day starter? 97%. I think there's more of a chance that Mackenzie Gore starts opening day than Chris Paddock at this point. <laughs> I, would, I would agree with that, actually. You know, I, uh, I'm actually going to go the opposite way uh, from you guys. I think Lamette, if he's fully healthy, is our opening day starter. I think, Jace, it's a, it's a statement game. We're going to come out and say, yeah, we got these new pieces, but this is the team we had last year. This is our best pitcher, and we're going to go after you guys. Uh, that's, you know, I, just, I think Lamette is underrated still in MLB and when he is fully healthy is going to really demonstrate that he is arguably the best pitcher in baseball. I, I want to 100% agree with the Lamette being underrated thing. It was insulting at the end of last season. I guess it was because of the trade and just the name value. But when it was like Clevenger and other starter, they, they would always list Clevenger and then not list Lamette. Yeah. And it's like, look, I I'm thrilled to have Mike Clevenger, even with the Tommy John, but Lamette is a better pitcher than Mike Clevenger. Yeah. So I, it was ridiculous to see that, but, I mean, it is what it is. It's nice to have them both. It's nice to have all four in uh, two years. Let's just yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah, we'll hope that uh, Clevenger can bounce back. Oh, but one thing I want to touch on that Greg brought up briefly, I absolutely love, not only from the actual them being awesome at baseball, it seems like part of it, but getting you Darvish, the biggest star in Japan, yep. getting Kim one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star in Korea. All, all this is doing is spreading the word of Fernando Tatis. <laughs> I, I, want, I want Fernando Tatis in Japan. I want him in Korea. I want him everywhere. And even Gatorade, he's the third baseball player that they've signed with Jeter and Bryce Harper. I mean, it's just spectacular to see that the word is getting out. And, you know, hopefully we get that $500 million contract signed soon. I think the revenue from Japan and Korea, the new attention, is only going to assist and make that happen quicker. I mean, again, like, have they started building the statue on Coronado yet? I, I just, I, I want to know. Like, is it, is the statue being built? Because I think we should probably start a GoFundMe for that as well. I mean, I'll pitch in. I, I definitely will. 
I'd love to see it. Do you think, what do you think Tatis is, is like, let's get in the mind of Tatis. He's got to be pretty, pretty happy about like AJ Preller doing all these moves and then commenting like, we hope he sees this as, you know, this is an investment in his future. I mean, like the guy obviously is 21 years old and has arguably the most talent and marketability of all time (laughs) in any baseball player that's ever played. I mean, I hope that he's noticing that San Diego is really trying to build around him specifically. I mean, we're doing a complete 180 of what the Angels have done with Mike Trout. So I think he needs to look at that and say, hey, the Angels are letting Mike Trout's talent just kind of die and they're not making any postseason runs. And the Padres are going for it. And if I'm Tatis, I'm 100% thrilled about it. In, in fairness to the Angels, they did try to get old Albert Pujols, old Josh Hamilton. Yeah, the Angels are trying. They're just stupid. <laughs> See, that's what's going to happen, RJ. You're going to be right on Bauer. Angels are going to sign him, and he's going to go three and fifteen. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Let's just say that. Like Bauer, the good news with Bauer, like if we do sign him, he at least like buys into like you know the mechanic studies and like all the analysis and stuff. So like at least he's like actively working on like his craft and like, will and you know the adjustments he made last year could very well be permanent i just look at his career like as like a, a uh, on the you know broad spectrum and i just don't think he's been as great as people kind of hype him up as as he's been like he's had two really good years and the other years have been like really bad so I'm hoping that if we get him, his changes <laughs> are for the good. And if we don't get him, he probably reverts back to his old self. So <laughs> I'm, I'm playing the fence there. The mo- it was the most Bauer thing ever to, like, be jealous that you, Darvish, and Blake Snell were getting all the hype on social media. And then he, like, does a post to Padres fans that, like, hey, guys, like, I'm still here. You know, you should be looking at me. It's that meme where, um, like, the guy's looking at the new girl and the old girl's looking angry. It's like Bowers, the old girl, and the Padres fans have moved up. It's uh, sorry, Trav. It was fun, but thank you, next. So he, he is a very look at me guy. So that's kind of why I laugh every time, like Joe and Greg talking about how they're kind of over Paddock, you know, yeah. talking shit and not like backing up when that's literally like Trevor Bauer like, his <laughs> entire career up until like last season. <laughs> So, so I feel like we, I feel like we've talked about Bauer quite a bit. I mean, can we get into like which move you guys are mo- more excited about, the U Darvish or the Blake Snell or the Hassan Kim? You know, like which one do you think is going to be a larger impact on the Padres as a whole? For for me, it's the Blake Snell. Like, I think he's like one of the top ten like arms in baseball. Like Darvish is, you know, very good. He's very serviceable. He's getting a little older. Like Snell's in his prime just a great arsenal of stuff. Like I, I, I'm super excited about that deal. And to top that all off, we gave up nothing to get him. Like it, it's truly amazing. That's so, that's definitely my number. We one. gave up Patino. You can't call Patino nothing. That's fair. We gave up Patino, but, but like, I also like Wilcox. We could have given up too. so much more. Dude, I really, I really like Wilcox. I was very excited for him. Yeah. Joe, which is your favorite of the moves? I'm shocked this guy hasn't been mentioned yet. Victor Caratini. Come on, guys. <laughs> I've been let's, waiting let's, for that. I've been waiting love. for that. <laughs> let's show him some love. This is a guy that you yeah. loves. I mean, his it's his personal catcher. But uh, in all seriousness, it's Blake Snell. Um, 
you Darvish, he is old, uh, a little bit long in the tooth, but I think he's going to eat a lot of innings for us and, and be a solid top of the rotation guy. But like Shank said, it's, it's Blake Snell. He's in the prime of his career. He's under team control for three years. He's going to be our ace. And um, I really don't think we gave up a whole lot for him. I know uh, Patino was a lot, but the rest of it, we'll see if it pans out. Usually when you put five or six prospects in a trade, only one of them pans out, and I would say that's going to be Patino. So let's see what happens. I obviously love the Snell deal, but I'm going to go with Hassan Kim. I, I, <laughs> I absolutely love that. I'm not joking. I absolutely love that signing. I, I really gives our starting lineup a lot of flexibility. Yep. I think one thing we've struggled with in the past is not having a ton of options to fill out the roster. Obviously, we were much better last year, but if we, we really want to match up with the Dodgers, we need to be able to have, bring awesome off options off the bench off the bench jesus <laughs> awesome options <laughs> off the bench and be able to have players play different positions all across the field uh to match up lefty righty yeah. and everything so i think that's huge for the depth obviously all three of these signings are massive so there is no bad decision here yeah i think uh and to your point uh tyler i think a lot of padres fans are really worried like oh is Cronenworth leaving second base like is he going to the outfield and what I love about all of the news coming out of the Padres camp, it's just like we need guys that can play multiple positions. We need guys that can fill in for second base, shortstop, you know, especially if there's a DH. Like, like Cronenworth is arguably our best defensive player outside of uh, uh, Manny and Tatis. Uh, I guess Grisham as well. He's a gold glove. But, like, having a player like Grisha, uh, like uh, Cronenworth, having a guy like Kim, you know, it's not a bad thing to have multiple players at positions. Um, but something I do want to mention, too, about what my favorite move was, it was the Snell one, and I think it's just pure excitement of seeing that happen out of nowhere. Um, but I think a big portion of it is for Weathers and Gore. Um, I think both are obviously very, very great pitching prospects that have huge careers in front of them. We saw Weathers come into the playoff game and just with lights out, struck out, um, you know, a former MVP um, as well. <laughs> but I think the fact, like, the fact that we have a really dominant lefty that has grown up, you know, done the whole minor leagues, had success even in the World Series, uh, for Gore and Weathers to learn from him, I think it's going to be huge. And he's got a Padres attitude, which I'm really pumped about in Snell. I think more Hone as well. He's another lefty that has a lot of upside. So I think Snell can definitely help all oh, three yeah. of them. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I forgot about more Hone. My bad. I mean, it's tough. We have so many options. It's really hard to, <laughs> hard to remember all of them. It's, it's really nice not having to talk yourself into Charlie Villanueva or Ryan Schiff. Okay? <laughs> this, is, this is just a beautiful time to be a Padres fan. Um, one thing I want to say about the Darvish signing, he's 34. That's the same age that Verlander was when the Astros got him. So, I mean, if we can get anything resembling Verlander's time with the Astros, watch out. Darvish should have won the Cy Young last year. I mean, like, like I think he should have gotten it over. Ballard. I disagree. I, I think Denelson Lamette should have won the Cy Young last year, Greg. But that's just <laughs> that's fair. You know, we didn't we didn't give enough run support to Lamette. He always just gave up one run, and we could for some reason never score for him. We only scored for Davies last year, so. Back back to the uh, having people that can play multiple multiple positions it kind of pains me to say it but it's very much in line with like the dodgers model where you know they just have so much flexibility defensively that they can just plug guys in wherever and then what to make the lineup that best suits the matchup and i can very easily easily see like cronworth kind of playing that like 
Max Muncie role where you can move him from, you know, to second to, to first to the outfield. And like just anytime the matchup dictates, hey, you know, Cronenworth in or put Kim or Myers in, like whichever, whichever gives us the best advantage. Like, yeah, that flexibility is going to be key. Yeah. That being said, we could also just, you know, retire Hosmer at first base if the DH comes back and have Cronenworth get his gold glove there. It's a shame that, like, we won't do that, even though everybody knows that's the right decision. You know what I mean? That, that's, like, the frustrating part of sports and egos is, like, that is the right thing to do. Like, yeah. maybe just play Hosmer two days a week at first and have him DH the other days, maybe not against lefties. But you know, that'll never happen. But it, it is the right call. When you have the what Dodgers do you need to do in order to bring the DH in, because like I keep looking at our lineup, and be like you know, it would be fucking cool if we didn't have to hit a pitcher and we could hit one of our other guys. I think Greg said this on the uh, the group chat, but I, I want to see Chris Paddock bunt again. I mean, that, that's just exciting. <laughs> it's like he wants his thumb to get hit. I, like at the, it's just like he wants his thumb to get hit. You know, all the shit like the shit I do give Chris Paddock. RJ, I know you're very much in his camp, and we're probably going to see a meme very soon about like you believing in Paddock, just like you always believed in Will. I think my seal of approval goes a long way. If I'm just saying, if like I I truly believe, if the Padres are going to be successful and get to that World Series, Paddock is going to play a huge part in it, and I think he needs to play a huge part in it. Um, I just hope that he's eaten some humble pie uh, to say the least this last season and uh, realizes that there's a lot of work to do in order to be a successful pitcher in major league baseball. I'm of the belief with Paddock last year, he had to be a little banged up. Um, the, the fastball just didn't have the life on it that it did his rookie season. I, I think that he's going to be back. I mean, he might not be, I mean, I'm sorry. He not, he might not be, he will not be one of the top three pitchers in the rotation, but I think he could fill in as a solid number four if he can just get any life back into his fastball and maybe, like, slightly get better at the curveball. So we'll see. The good news, too, is, like, he was getting hurt, like, second time through the lineup a lot. And, like, if he does slot into that fourth spot and then we go into the postseason with a three, maybe sometimes a four-man rotation, most of the time he'll only have to face the lineup once the way through. So he should be very effective, like, as we use him going forward. Yeah, that Cardinals uh, roster really struggled the first time through in the playoffs, okay. Shanks. My, minus, <laughs> minus that one. <laughs> you know what I meant. I know, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Who that was an ugly start. What a series. I still, I still like think back, look back on that series. I'm just like, oh man, what a comeback. What a, what a series. I may oh, or may I not mean, have watched legit. the like. Yeah, I may or may not have watched the 20 minute highlights on YouTube the day we signed Snell of games two and three. Oh, Tyler, I'm with Padres you. Mode. Tyler, I'm with you. I, I, I've watched it multiple times this week. I mean, I think yeah. that I think that Tatis Machado back to back is, and this is very sad to say, and hopefully it's not the what I'm saying for you know years and years, but that's like one of the most iconic San Diego sports moments for me personally. It's hard to run still takes my breath away, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> Not to take away from Will. Great moment. But yes, I'm totally with you, Greg. I, I can't honestly, it's sad to say, I I cannot think of a better Padres moment since two thousand <laughs> than that. I truly think I'd be there with you guys had I not just, like, you know, built the Will Hill, like, from the ground up by myself. Like, I think that's why that moment just gives me more chills than, like, the Tatis Machado one. But, like, that one is still, like, that's that's definitely the 1B to Will's 1A for me. Yeah. All right. Well, 
you know, I did ask you guys this in the, uh, I did ask you this in the, in the group chat. I think it's, it's kind of fun to play around with now. And so we doing DH or no DH? DH. We're, we're, we're doing it fun here. Okay. All right, Tyler, I'm going you. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so I'm going to assume that we are, what's, do we know what team we're playing opening day? Or we're, let's, let's pretend we're facing a righty. Yeah, so, let's do that. Okay. So leading off, I'm going to have Grish, uh, two Tatis, three Machado, Four Hosmer. Um, man, I'm gonna have, he's gonna have to step up a little bit. Five, I'm going Will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> six, I'm gonna go Crone. Seven, we're gonna go with uh, with Kim. Nah, let's go Fam seven. Kim eight, and then uh, Nolan nine. Wow. Wow. Fam is really low for you. I know. He's got to work his way back, man. I mean, he was decent in the playoffs. I mean, he, he got a lot of hits, not a lot of power on those hits. But, yeah, that's where I'm starting him at. He was amazing against the Cardinals. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's fair. He also was swinging with one hand. Yeah. <laughs> All right, RJ, how about yours? I keep trying to figure out a way to put Tommy in the two-hole because that's clearly where he should be. Yeah, but it's where Fernando should be, too, so it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, and the Fernando, the Fernando Manny two three is just—it's it, like do, I, my Dodger fan friends were just like would text me how terrified they were of, of the next inning coming up. It's it's hard not to be. I mean, <laughs> it's, just like, it's insane. It's insane. So yeah, Ty, sorry, Tyler. Who's your who's your one? Grisham. Grisham. Yeah, I man. I probably I, honestly like I. You, when, once you put Will at five, I kind of stopped listening. <laughs> and I have the exact same, uh, exact same lineup. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like I could totally see at some point Cronenworth developing into a leadoff hitter, oh, uh, but so I'm I'm still gonna have Grisham there for now. Yeah, yeah, I, I like him there. He saw you know breaks up the lefty right or breaks up the lefty righty coming back around on the swing. And like you know, gets on base for for the big boys. You know what I do love though, and I know you put Will fit five. I kind of love Will in that six spot because we're basically saying yeah. like, hey, our third best hitter is about to come up, like with the six, seven, eight hitters, and we're we might score more runs than the top of our lineup. Like I just I love Will in the six spot. I think for me it would be Grish, Toddy, Manny. Ugh. Hosmer. I know what you're. I know what you're doing because you want to put someone else four. We just don't have that person. Like, I think Hosmer you know Hosmer. I think there. Hosmer. He got the launch angle up. I think like you can put him four, and then five is Fam, six is Will, seven is Nola for me, eight is Kim, and nine is Crone. I think that's. I, I love Crone right before the lineup. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't go chrome at nine because then you go lefty lefty. Exactly. That is true. Yeah. Have have any of you put that was my thinking in too. the lineup set? <laughs> See, the thing with Garantini, he's a switch hitter. That's so what you get need. that that lefty righty flexibility. After Nola after Nola came in and demonstrated that he was a better defensive catcher after only forty games than Austin Hedges, I think he deserves a starting spot. Hey. This is not a slandering Austin Hedges podcast, okay? There's plenty of those out there. <laughs> Can we slander Mejia on this podcast? Oh, my God. <laughs> the negative value he brought, I think that's why we had to give up so many, like, you know, Wilcox and Patino, 
is because the negative value of Mejia, they're like, look, if we're going to take that cancer off your team, <laughs> then you better give us Wilcox too. I was going to say, I, I think I like disregarded like us losing Bettina because I was just like, no, I mean, they took Mejia. So like that, that that's a net even. With Mejia, it's so funny because all of the, like, if you watched MLB Network or any any baseball stuff, when they were bringing up Mejia, they were like, he had quite an impressive uh, hit streak in minor leagues. That's the only positive thing they can say about him. Not that he's been in major league for two seasons. Yeah. I saw a picture. It, it, I legitimately laughed out loud. I should have sent it to the group. That was a mistake. But it, they were showing the prospects, and Mejia was like the big head in the center. And then it was like Patino and Wilcox behind his shoulders. And I'm like, oh, no. No, no, no. Mejia is so bad that they literally gave up a second minor league catcher that has done nothing. I think he hit 250 in minor league ball. And people are more excited about him. That is how bad Mejia is. I was more sad to lose Hunt than me. So, yeah, I feel them. <laughs> this reminds me of t- two quick uh, tangents I- I've got here. Um, one is with the Darvis trade. One of my best friends from work is a huge Cubs fan. Just had a child. Shout out, Brian. But he has not been able to follow sports at all. And so I texted him. I'm like, Darvis to the Padre. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, nope. He's like, did we get into your good prospect? Nope. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> My uh, my Cubs friends thought it was Will or Crone, and they thought Compusano for sure. They were, like, celebrating that Compusano was coming over. Ah, uh, you love to see it. <laughs> All right, we got to go. RJ, we definitely need to press you a bit more on this Preller thing because you have been, from day one, really, pretty hard on uh, on the GOAT, to say the least. And I know you said a little bit about it in the beginning of the podcast, but I think it's time for you to, I mean, unless you don't want to, like, what are your thoughts on Preller now? You know, I think we got to give you the floor for this. I mean, like, I, I don't, I reserve the right to change my opinion as he makes, continues to make moves. And the moves he's made now makes me love him. Like, it, it's it's fair to say that in the beginning, he, he fucked up. Like, yeah. and now he is... <laughs> You know, is it is it fair to say plan. he fucked up, or was this part of his master plan all along? <laughs> I mean, he gets Tatis for shields and like saves his like career. Like that's <laughs> you, you can you can look me in the eye all you want and tell me that he meant to do that, but I'm I'm pretty sure he got I'm gonna look you in the eye and tell you meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that when James Shields gave up that home run to Bartolo Colon, he was doing his fingers together like, <laughs> yes, it's working. <laughs> hey hey we're talking about an innings eater here guys come on the white Sox got years and years of innings relief for them for tatis <laughs> oh, God, if i played first if i played a sport i would wear like 33 and then people would be like why are you wearing 33 i'm like because it's james shields's number and we were able to trade him for tatis <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, at this point, like, what is Tatis's, like, value? I mean, you can't really draft him higher than one overall in fantasy. I, I just, I don't know. You can't, like, wh- like what's his value? It's, it's impossible to tell, I guess. Well, as the guy who told you before he had not played a, a big league game yet that I would not trade him for anyone except for maybe Trout. Um, I'm not going to trade him for anyone at this point. I think I'm disappointed that you I'm, I'm said Trout. I was, so it, like, at this... I was so close to nailing it. 
All right, what uh, which uh, which player and Joe? Now that you're back, um, which player are you most excited for in general? Uh, we, we're gonna leave Tatis out of this because obviously we would all four cross say Tatis. Maybe RJ would say Will, but uh, which player are you most excited for for the 2021 season? Uh, I'm gonna go with Manny. I mean, Caratini was close; he was second, but I think Manny has something to prove. I, I like the passion and fire he showed in that Dodger playoff series when he wanted to attack their whole dugout, but. I think he has a chip on his shoulder and something to prove, and I think Manny's going to put put up an MVP-type season. Wow, we still have that bet. You know, uh, if you guys didn't know, uh, Joe bet that Manny would have a uh, an MVP uh, first over Tatis, who RJ said would have an MVP. So that, I mean, this season's going to be great to see what happens there. And uh, throw Manny it almost RJ got it last year. Tatis. I know, I'll swing at the end. <laughs> RJ, what player uh, are you most excited for? I mean, it's always Will, but, like, obviously, like, Tatis. Like, I just can't wait to see him with, like, a full Pick a third person. He can do. I would Pick love- a third person. What's that? That's, <laughs> uh, uh, God, do I pick Pat to piss <laughs> you guys off? I can't tell. I, I'd, I'll, I'll throw Snow out there. I, I always love, I always appreciate, like, you know, a good pitcher. And, yeah, I'm just excited. I don't think I've ever – yeah, there's no way I've ever seen him live. So, hopefully, if they ever open it back up to the fans, I can go see a couple games where he started. But, yeah, I always love watching a good pitcher. I totally agree so, with you on, on good pitchers. That's why I'm most excited to see Trey Wigginter back. Uh, we really missed him last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there, there's just so many so many good choices. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to see Craig Stammon back with the team this year. Uh, you know, see what, We'll see what we got in the bullpen. But it's going to be interesting to see if we do sign like Kirby Yates back. Um, if, if we're able to get Kirby Yates yeah. back, which there's rumors we will, um, that that will be my choice. Over Rosenthal? That's what I heard. Oh, that, that, we're we're yeah. not going to sign Rosenthal. He's too expensive. Um, what, yeah. What do you think the back of the, the bullpen looks like? I've been thinking about this. This is a tough one. I, I wonder if Pierce Johnson makes the jump. Because Pierce was pretty spectacular last season, especially at the end and in the playoffs. I mean, he was the guy that Jace just trusted. Uh, and obviously, Palm's got to be back there. I think we're all a bit nervous about Pagan. I mean, he did spend some time in the middle of the ocean. Luckily, he found a, uh, you know, a lifesaver and came back. Um, but I, I feel like it's going to be maybe those three, maybe Austin Adams. I, it's really tough to say. All right. Six, six through nine. Who do you have? Start with Joe. Uh, bullpen. Uh, yeah, six. Bullpen. I'll go Austin Adams. Seven. I'll go with. Uh, man, this is tough. Yeah. Seven. I'll go with Strong, but I'm not happy about it. Eight. I'll go with uh, Pagan. <laughs> nine. I'll go Pomerantz. Assuming the eights isn't isn't back. You have Pomerantz yes. closing. That's interesting. So, I, right, just, I just want to shoot Joe Strom in the seventh idea into the sun, first of all. But <laughs> uh, I think the closer needs to be Daniel Camarena. I think that's something we all would uh, would agree on. Uh, yeah. out DC. <laughs> but no, I'm going to go. I'm going to work uh, back to front. At this point, I, I would also have Pomerantz as the closer. I don't want that to be the case when the season starts. I hope we get another option. Uh, but if, if with what we have right now, I'd go with him in the ninth. I would go with Pagan in the eighth. I would go 
with Pierce Johnson in the seventh. And then if we're making me do a sixth, I would go with Austin Adams. Greg? Uh, yeah. Um, if Again, if Kirby Yates is not on the team, uh, I love Palm in the eighth spot. That's right. what's really difficult for me because Palm is just that guy you can trust. Like, I mean, you can just trust him. Um, all right. I'm going to go in the six, Austin Adams, seven, Emilio Pagan, eight, Palm, and nine. I'm giving it, I'm giving the ball to Pierce and I'm seeing what he can do. That's, yeah, that's, that's very bold. <laughs> I like Pierce a lot. I don't want him closing. I think he's that perfect, like, sixth, seventh inning guy. Um, and then another name, not, I'm not talking as, like, a setup guy or anything like that, but I'm really excited for Taylor Williams, a guy we got from the Mariners last year. Yeah, He was really good. His numbers are terrible because he got smacked by one team, and that one team was us. That was the game where uh, Let's we're going to walk off. We had, like, the four, down four in the bottom of the last inning. Uh, that jumped his ERA about four points. <laughs> but other than that, he was really good. As a, as a former reliever, I'm very aware of how much your uh, ERA gets bumped. from. Yeah, because when he came out. into that game, I swear his ERA was like in the mid twos. And then we traded for him and it was like in the sixes. <laughs> so I also want to comment on Dan Altavilla. I, uh, Villa, I think he is also very good, can touch 100. I mean, I think we have a damn good bullpen. It's just... Finding that closer, I'm, I'm hoping Yates can come back and then he's, you know, not like last year, but, uh, you know, the year he was the best reliever in the game and got absolutely screwed over for getting. <laughs> that was the biggest the joke I've seen. <laughs> that was what such a the, pod, classic Padre situation. It's like Toddy not getting a gold glove, even a nominee. I can't believe he didn't win. Like, I didn't even consider the Like, there was no thought in my mind that he wasn't even going to win. Not much, much less be nominated. Like, what the? I, what? Don't, don't even get me started on that bullshit. But yeah, you guys are right. Pierce, I just, I believe in Pierce a lot, you know, and I just, I don't want Pagan even remotely close to the nine closer spot ever. Just keep him away from there. And then Palm is just, he's too good as the eighth guy. He, he's just too good as the eighth Well, I think guy. we all want Kirby to be back for the ninth, Palm in eighth. I think that's what we all want, but let's hope it happens. What's not for sure. And by the way, I never got to say my uh, my favorite player. Well, not favorite player, but player I'm looking most uh, forward most to uh, besides Tatis. Uh, that's got to be Grisham. I just can't wait to watch him pitch some home runs. I mean, guy's got a lot of swag. Uh, he's definitely a, a great addition to the squad. Thank you, Bruce. I can't wait to watch him catch a deep fly ball and throw it into the Dodgers bullpen again. Just love every minute of this guy. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he do it? I don't know, but I loved it. I, I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. Oh man, that's going to be so intense. The Dodger, the first Dodgers Padres series, oh, especially if we can get like, let's say twenty twenty five percent capacity for that for fans. Oh, it's going to be insane. How so let's 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 talk about the Dodgers a little bit. We hate to do it, but um, Joe, how do you feel we stack up against them in terms of lineup and in terms of, of pitching? I think we win the division by 10-plus games. Next. <laughs> does that answer the question? Damn right it does. <laughs> what about you, Shanks? Um, I think – I don't know. I think it's, I think it's close. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, they're they, – they got everybody back. Like, their bullpen – their rotation's still good. Their lineup's still good. Uh, I, I think we beat them with 
I think we beat them by a game. I think it comes down to, like, the wire. Like, last last ten games. Greg? You know, I... I think, uh, I think there's one... I think Manny and Tatis are gonna, like, just go off against the Dodgers. I, I think we're getting to that point where... Yeah, like Kershaw's one year older. I think we actually hit Walker Bueller pretty well besides in the playoffs. I mean, we still scored a couple runs, I guess, on them on the first game. But I I think if you look at the two rotations, like I'm not afraid of Gonsolin. Dustin May seems like a head case. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like we I feel like we were right there. I think we just have to go do it. And look, we, we, we lost the se- season series by one game this past year, right? And look how much better we got. I, I just feel like Blake Snell's going to come in even more frustrated and so excited for that first Dodger start. I think that's what I'm looking forward most to is seeing that first Blake Snell Dodger start. Yeah, I'm going to be like, I don't know if this is a, pessimist, a pessimistic take. I, I don't know that we stack up so well against them in terms of winning the division in the regular season, but I love how we stack up against them yeah. in, a, in a playoff series. Obviously, people who weren't really paying attention last year will roll their eyes and be like, well, they swept you guys in a playoff series last year. It's like, all right, well, I mean, that one gets thrown out when there's literally no pitchers available. Um, but, yeah. It, that and Bellinger makes the greatest play of the yeah, entire it's life. all it's stupid like, stuff. If that's in any other ballpark, yeah. <laughs> that ball's like 10 feet over the fence. But Still the most painful experience watching that <laughs> yeah, live. Not, not ideal. Absolutely painful. Sports Center did a year in review, like highlights, and that catches in there. It it hurt. But how sweet is it going to be when that's like our um, Aaron Boone moment for? Uh, oh, I like that. Fan, you know, like like that's going to be our Aaron Boone moment. Yeah, I like that a lot. I can see it. I can see it. All right, so Joe, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think is the like biggest long shot? but potential thing in the season coming up for a player or the team or something. I'll say Victor Caratini bats three fifty for the entire season. (laughs) (laughs) You said long shot. I mean, let's go. Come on, Victor. That's a bold call. (laughs) RJ. Um, let's see here. God, I want to say something with Will again, but I feel like it's putting it's putting too much, you know, it's putting too much uh, eggs in one basket. Uh, I'll say Tatis winning a triple crown. Wow, I was kind of leaning that way. Um, I like that one. I'm gonna go out very far on a limb. I feel like I'm gonna say Hosmer hits 30 home runs. <laughs> that's believable. I could, yeah, that's believable. All right, I'm going to go out on a limb. Actually, this is not too much of a limb, but I'm going to say Lamette uh, wins the Cy Young. So we all think he's okay. Or, or how do we feel about him? I'm very nervous. Yeah, from what from what I'm reading, he's like, he's back on track. Yeah. I hope so, man. I just, I have the deepest fear that we're going to wake up one morning and he's going to need TJ too. Uh, yeah, I I really? think he needs to make the all star all star break, and if he does, then he's fine. But if he doesn't, then then obviously he had problems, and he just tried to go get through it. The biggest worry is he threw his slider what like sixty yeah. percent of the time. That's why that's why Paddock doesn't yeah. have his little bro throw sliders. I mean, that's whatever that tweet was. <laughs> 
I mean, learn a changeup, Lamette. Come on, man. No, just man, just condition your arm. You know, RJ could teach you a split <laughs> finger. What's What's funny is, had you guys asked me this question uh, last year, my my answer would have been Hosmer hitting over two fifty. Jeez, that's just insulting. <laughs> last year, I think we I think we got to give Hosmer yeah. a bit of respect. I mean, you are Tyler, but like Hosmer really changed his game last season and hopefully it continues he just got engaged so you know we'll see if that impacts him negatively or positively for this it's got to be positive it's got to be i think last year my prediction kind of like shank said would be that that will myers it's five home runs so i, I would have been wrong on that one mine was manny would win mvp and that was yeah, i think that's close. a <laughs> God, I just, I cannot, it, it's at this point, it's like, it sucks that there's still three months, you know, it's just there, everything that's happened right now. I can, I just want it to start right now. I, I, I just want Padres baseball back in my life. Do we think, what do we think about like potential fans in the stands? Is there, are you guys optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are you, and also are you thinking the season's going to start on time? I'm, I think the season starts in May. At least that's what I've been reading. And I don't think we're going to have fans in the stands again this year. The whole year? Yeah. Oh, wow. I do not co-sign that. I'm optimistic for half stadium capacity post-All-Star break. I, I think it depends on the vaccine. And I think if the vaccine's able to get distributed in California in February, then there's more likely that they'll have a quarter capacity. Or yeah, I think we're going to be the last state to, like, lift anything. So that's why I'm, like, really pessimistic about us having fans in the stands, really, for any type of sport at this point. The, the, the current projection is that is, like, I think it's 80% of the population is vaccinated by end of June. So... Like, theoretically, that should give you quarter to half capacity yeah. for sporting events. It's just a damn shame because this team deserves to have an entire, you know, brown and mustard crowd just, like, cheering them on. Like, they think about how much Pekka would be rocking, especially during the Grand Slam, uh, you know, uh, streak. I mean – that stadium would have been going. It's honestly hard wide. to comprehend. Like, like exactly what you're saying. That grand slam by Hosmer, the, the stadium might have crumbled. Or if like that game two against the Cardinals, <laughs> there obviously the structure would have been different in a normal year. But like, let's say it was the same structure. I, I just cannot even imagine <laughs> what that place would have sounded like on those Tatis Machado and Myers home runs. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I was, was going to correct you, but I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're there. That being said, though, I think the players definitely felt it when thousands and thousands of fans were watching the bus leave to for them to go into Texas. Like that must have meant so much to the players. It was really great to see. I hope. Yeah, if you read their like social media stuff, they definitely did. Going to be such a change for for Snell to actually have some some people rooting him on. It's going to be weird. It's going to be like when KJ went from Santa Clara to to San Diego State. It's going to be like, wait, what the hell is this? Yeah. Hey, go Aztecs. Matt Mitchell, player, NCAA player of the year. Let's go. Hey, Rach, Rach, what, uh, for the podcast, what player are you most excited for for 2021? 
Uh, all right, all right. Throw. Ooh, Homer. What a Homer. <laughs> all right. <laughs> she loves Crone. She hates yes. Paddock. She's back in my good graces. The hate, the hate is just <laughs> out of control. <laughs> I feel like you guys hate Paddock's brother and are just taking it out on Paddock. No, no, I no, hate, I, I hate his brother more than him. <laughs> I want to put it out there. I hate neither of them. You guys keep doing you. I hey, what did I say? On I do not hate Paddock. Actually, I think if we're gonna be good, we yeah, he needs Paddock to be our solid be five. That's all we need out of him. Do you think? Oh, actually, do you guys think uh, who do you, who do you think is gonna be the fifth? Yeah, that's starter? a really good question. We haven't even talked about that on this part. That's what we should end on. Let's have like this can be our last bid. Who do you think is going to be our fifth starter? Uh, I want to say Paddock, but I and I mean realistically, he's going to be the four. So I'll say Marhone. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's Marhone. I, I think Gore is still another year, maybe maybe po- you know late season uh, this year away. I'm going to do it. Mackenzie Gore, number five starter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> everything that's coming out about him is saying that he's not ready. Um, I think he might, he'll get a spot start. I'm sure he'll yeah, get I, brought up. But I feel like it is. I think I he like will be the five up. eventually, but opening day, I think it's going to be more home. But I definitely see Gore cracking the rotation maybe around the middle to end of the season. No love for the churv? <laughs> is he still on the team? Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe he can be in the bullpen. Uh, you gotta feel. You gotta feel for Lucchese. Ever since I saw him at uh, at um, um, the mall in San Diego, uh, picking up socks, he just hey, why not talk about damage? Talk, talk about giraffe next though. Lucchese has one as well. He's huge in person. I was, I was, I was surprised how big he is. But I think Morahone's a good call. I mean, I think all of us would love to see Gore if he's actually ready. I mean, that'd be so fun. Man, what a team. In all honesty, they'll probably do Lucchese and, like, have Morahone in the bullpen for, like, long relief, and then Lucchese will struggle for two starts, and then Morahone will take over. That, that, I can see them, like, flip-flopping role, that role. I can also line. see our fifth starter yeah. not currently being with the organization. Like, I can see us signing somebody else. Not, not, like, a big-name person, but just a solid, like, a – like yeah, like Edison <laughs> Volquez, you know what I mean? You know, just I hear Bartolo Colon <laughs> is still out there throwing somewhere. <laughs> do Do you guys think we need to sign a veteran bat just because we lost Profar and Garcia? Like for pinch hitting, especially if we don't have a designated hitter. I'd love uh, to see. Can we pour one out for both Profar especially and GG. Garcia? I love GG, man. Great Padres. Great, great Padres and Perdomo. You are? I'm going to miss Perdomo. <laughs> I remember. Oh, <laughs> no, not really. We were so excited about Perdomo. That just shows the depths of our despair as Padres fans. <laughs> when he was throwing like 95 with some movement 10 years ago or whenever it was that he first came to us, we're like, oh my God, this could be something. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. Looking at the last 10 starters or opening day starters was not the most fun experience as a it, uh, it was bad fan. it was bad i uh i i couldn't actually believe that it was that bleak <laughs> i mean our current eighth inning guy was our best starter not too long ago so 
So uh, that. Uh, I mean, to see Tim Stoffer and uh, Clayton Richard as opening day starters, so it's like, oh man. <laughs> you know, when your pipe pipeline is filled with guys like Kyle Blanks and Spangenberg, you only have a great future ahead. You gotta of them, think right? so. You gotta think so. But man, there are some decent. I'm like looking up some some free agent pitchers right now that probably wouldn't be too expensive. There's some options. So I, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say the fifth starter's not on the squad right now. Yeah, I mean, according to Joe, it's going to be Bauer. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think we're... I'm looking at free agent uh, bats, like if we're looking for someone to pinch hit late in the game. How about Sh- uh, Shinsu Chu? He'll be cheap. Will he? Oh, Maybe. Bob Earl! Oh, Bob Erland, he signed with Japan. I was just going to say, well, bring back Tyson Ross. <laughs> oh, God. That was another one where I was like, I actually, Ross, I think good. he was. I'm ready to pitch Yeah, he just got hurt. He, he had a two-year window where he was pretty legit. He was kind of like Lamette before Lamette, yeah. just fastball slider guy. Yeah, just not nearly as electric. God, the days... The day of like Lamette starts was so fun because you just know it was going to be a good five, six innings, at least three innings without a hit. Like every time, just consistency of the, going through the first, uh, first seat of the lineup, just, you know, mowing them down. God. I yeah. I, I think that's like the biggest what if about our season. If we can get him healthy, we're, we're golden. I mean, that being said, we did a lot with like two and a half starters last year. So. Uh, you know, now that we have two more, I feel like we're in a good spot either way. We'll, we'll lead you to do when it's only a sixty-game season versus. Oh yeah, do we? Is it? Are we? Do we know how many games we have this year? It's, it it's like really it's who wins out. Of course, there's always issues. So if the players went out, it's going to be one sixty-two. If the owners went out, it's going to be about one forty. So we'll see what happens. If only, if only there was a commissioner who used to be like a, a players union rep and like could could you know unify the two sides and was good as, at his job Sadly, that, that doesn't what do we do how do we get of... adam silver to commission all three of the major sports football ba- baseball and basketball like it, it couldn't be that much extra work come on adam you can do it i think with baseball you just sit back and let manfred like run it into the ground and then you're like hey adam come on but like football, that's that's pretty. That, there's no way the owners go for that. We get that. Oh, come on, RJ, you're making too much sense. We gotta have Adam, Adam do all three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so oh, this is uh, guys. Are are you like pretty impressed by how good CJ Abrams is? I mean, just from all the comments, like it seems like CJ Abrams was the most untouchable person in our organization, even more so than Gore. Just based off what like Dennis Lynn and like what everybody was saying, like this kid might just be the next Tatis. I don't even know. I, I would agree with what you're saying. Not not fully on the next Tatis part, but I agree with what you're saying on like that untouchable. Uh, yeah, I, he seems like he's just straight not. Nothing can get him. Almost like we were with Tatis. Um, I'd love to see like some more clips of him. I was kind of turned off by him at the beginning when he's like, "No, I'm going to be the shortstop." It's like, "No, nah, you're not, bro." But I mean, if he's this good, like I can get over it. <laughs> I, I mean, it just—it's amazing. I—I I don't know how the hell Preller did it. Like, I just keeping nine of or eight of ten top prospects and doing what he did is just 
God, it's good to be a Padres fan. One right thing now. I want, it's our so last, good. maybe the last thing. Would you guys consider it a failure if we don't win a World Series in the next five years? Would you guys consider all these moves we've made a failure? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. It's unanimous. No, it's not. <laughs> I have a hard no on that one, but uh, interesting. Okay, well, what is what is the alternative? Like, what like tell us what you would think is a successful season, or sorry, a successful. I think five if we make the playoffs, like three of the five years, um, maybe win a series here or there. I, I think that's a massive success. I think we're forgetting how awful it's been for the last fourteen years. Like, obviously, it's a huge success, and the goal is to win a World so Series. But I'm not going to look back and say that these moves were made for nothing if we don't win a World Series and we were competitive and exciting for five years. So it's my stance. I think, I think if we miss the playoffs two of the next five, that's a gigantic failure. I expect us to make it every single season now. Okay. I, I would disagree, but you know, I definitely see where you guys are coming from. Like, I mean, you're basically saying that we're the Utah Jazz. What I'm saying is, is that if we were solidly in contention for the next five years, even if we don't cash it in, I would consider that a great run. I think, I think it would be a failure if the next five years are not the best. In I'll give you that. History. But I don't think making playoffs three times and winning a series or two is considered successful. I think the fan base would be pissed off about that. I mean, Especially clearly, it's, it's, all three, the it's three to all, one. All the moves. <laughs> no, I'm just, like, stating my case. Yeah. Like, I, I think we have to make NLCS at least two or three times out of the next five years and then win at least one title. Yeah. We got to get to the point where fans, where, like, other well, teams' fans yeah, hate that's us. the dream. That's that's exactly. I want to be the late '90s Yankees. Let's do it. Well, luckily we have a 21-year-old Dominican. (laughs) He's saving baseball. Jeff Passan said so. He's. I mean, it it really excites me how much Jeff Passan loves the Padres. Like you can just read it in everything he writes. Like he's obsessed with Tatis. How could you not be? He freaking loves Preller. You could just tell. Because if it if it wasn't for the Padres, we wouldn't have a job. No one's doing anything. He kind of said that in his last article. He's like, all <laughs> these teams are being dumb, and the Padres are just yeah. giddy about how, how cautious everybody's being. Do you guys just remember how horrible the national um, report um, game? Um, Jesus, the national play callers and color guy were. You know, thank you for bringing that up series. because it it is so. Not hard. Obviously, it's awesome to watch those highlights again. But if we had, like, Don and Mud doing those highlights, I may never do anything else with my life because I just watched them over and over. Like, Ever. that, they were just terrible. For like, even, those Tatis and Machado calls were not good. Even if we had Maddie V on the call, Dude, like, Don, make it. Maddie V would have had a stroke <laughs> if we had him. Yeah. Dude, Don and Mud, I, like, even just, like, I know we're homers and we love them, but they are arguably the best in the game. Like, they are so funny and so good, and they just, I don't know, they're just incredible. And that's what was another awesome element of the Grand Slams and everything is that their calls got out there, and you would see that all over Twitter. Like, whoa, those dudes are awesome. They're having so much fun, all those things. Like, I bet Don was so devastated to get fired by Boston, and he couldn't have had a better thing happen to him, I feel like. 
Him and Mud were meant to be together. They're soulmates. Yeah. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> They're so funny. They're so good. It's that's the one yeah. thing the Padres have always had. Like you know, they've Uncle been lucky Ted. with Vaskersian and with Dick Enberg, and then now with Orsillo. They've really always done a good job with that. Yeah, Vaskersian was was like damn good. I mean, he's obviously you know he's on base. The uh, yeah, he's Sunday Night Baseball now. He for ESPN Vaskersian oh, Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, he also he still both. works I'm for MLB saying. Network though. All right, do we want to wrap up with our final thoughts? I think that's a good idea. All right, uh, Tyler, let's... let's uh, well, I, you know, my final thoughts are it is, without a doubt, the best time to be a Padres fan of my lifetime. Uh, I cannot be more looking forward to the Padres' upcoming season and seasons. Uh, I want to make sure everybody everybody's talking about the 2022 rotation and how that's going to look. Let's enjoy 2021. I think it's going to be a really special season. Uh, you know, we're considered to have on par in terms of coming in war for this coming season. Got a shot to win it all. Let's do it. Well said, Greg. Yeah, Tyler, you said it perfectly. I guess the thing that I would add is I know a lot of my, you know, friends that are Padres fans or my family, my brother in specific, said they would never buy a jersey, whether it be, you know, Chargers, Padres, whatever, uh, of another person with another, you know, person's name on it. And at this point, all of my friends are buying Fernando Tatis Jr. jerseys. And I think that means something uh, for everybody to buy, again, a 21-year-old Dominican's jersey. Uh, it's pretty special. Um, they also got them incredibly correct in terms of the uh, design of the jerseys. But, man, what a, what a time to be alive. We're three months until the season, and the Padres are making national news, and people are either excited about it or in L.A. very – Sorry, I lied. I have one more scared. thought to build off what Greg said. To be the buyers and not the sellers, we're the ones who have forever sold our great players. Now we're in a global pandemic buying. It is unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. I just want to piggyback off something I said earlier in the pod. Uh, Victor Caratini is going to bat 350. Book it. I just wanted to say it again so you guys don't forget. And, uh, you know, like like both uh, Greg and Tyler said, this is one of the greatest times in Padres history. I think this is going to be an unbelievable window for the next five to ten years of fantastic Padre baseball. And as long as uh, A.J. Preller continues to do what he's doing, I don't see this team going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, not much more for me to say. Just enjoy it now. Like a player like Tatis, this is a, a once in a lifetime talent, and I'm just so excited to see what he and this team can do. All right, folks, uh, thanks for joining us for another uh, Pod Squad Pod episode. Look out for our preseason episode where we discuss uh, where we go. Uh, what was it? Position by position for how we match up against the rest of our division. Who are we kidding? It's just the Dodgers. Uh, for Greg, Greg Cohen, Tyler Miho, Joe Avila. This is RJ Shanks. We'll see you guys next time. Go Dads. Go Pods. Go Pods.